Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Cryptid Zone. My name is Jeremy Hughes. And I'm Lois Stone. And we managed to do the intro this time. It only took us a couple tries. Oh, yeah. Here we are. Professionals. After what could be described as some technical difficulties, where we we recorded an entire episode (laughs) that we lost straight away. Um, It's the secret last episode. Only the truest of fans will ever know about it. And by truest, I mean just you and I, because no one else will ever hear it. Uh Uh-huh. Because Um, only half the audio exists. Yes. Wait, did you keep your half? Yeah, you know, just in case. We could... I mean, if if people out there want to hear it, we can just uh, publish... Over an hour of you talking to a ghost. People can add their Mothman. own audio. They, you, it's like a choose your own adventure. Well, I remember after it happened. So, so some context for people listening is we recorded an episode on the Mothman, and I, uh, I, until recently, have worked on a MacBook, which was given to me by the university I worked for to do real work, and uh, I also used it to record a podcast. And then I graduated, and I had to give that MacBook back and work on my ancient uh, personal laptop, which had been off on a shelf for several years. Uh, and I tried to record a podcast on it, and uh, it just didn't record the audio. And I remember after we we wrapped on the podcast, and I clicked over to Audacity and saw that it had recorded for like 10 seconds and then stopped, and was just like, oh no, <laughs> this is terrible. But then I remember saying to you, like, could we like desperately being like we can fix this and i was like okay we have your half of the audio what if i just listen to it and like re-record my side like just like improvise an hour of conversation that makes sense i i think that i don't know maybe we yeah we can offer it to people to just do that themselves um, yeah yeah please do you know that you know like you know the that um you know the the episode of Doctor Who, the Weeping Angels one, where they just have like half right, the conversation. Right, right. That like, yeah, it's it's just that situation, but with me talking about yeah. Mothman. Okay, that sounds great. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, when when I was uh, I was back home over Christmas, and a, and a good pal of mine uh, was recommending to some other pals that they listen to this wonderful podcast that you have in your ears now, and um, said that it was it was like just having a conversation with us and so i think this like takes it to a yeah, meta level what? you know give the people what they just want listening to a conversation you have to participate in it um i think we're breaking a new podcast i think you're here. right i think i'm gonna hit stop on my side right now <laughs> don't you dare <laughs> um so I, I put this on the twitter feed but um in case you didn't see that, and you can follow us on Twitter if you want to, at Cryptid Zone, but in case you don't, or if you missed the tweet, um, so we skipped December altogether just because I was moving to a new continent, and Lois was uh, on a different continent visiting family, so we just didn't have the time. We wanted to... Oh, yeah, I mean, I was back and forth, it's right. cool. Um, there are a lot of transatlantic flights yeah, happening. We we basically... yeah. We both went to America at different times, yeah. but uh, but yeah. basically, uh, we were going to do a Mothman episode in January, and then obviously that fell through. So what we're going to do is, this should be winging its way to you mid-February, uh, and there will be uh, a re-recorded Mothman episode, which we're going to do in the next few weeks. Like We did all the research for it, and it was a good show, so we're going to... I don't know, I don't want to... like try and rehash the same show so much as just like talk some more about Mothman um hit some of the hit some of the the big points again but in not like a not like a treading over old ground way but anyway there will be a Mothman episode you will hear it it will come out at the end of this month so you get two episodes in February great you're welcome um and uh, happy Valentine's and Day and after that yeah exactly um yeah so one second, Jeremy. I just realized I have a thing running in the background that might be making background noise. I'm going to turn it off okay. for you. You go for it. This is such a professional. Okay, we're good. Okay, we back. Um, right, but anyway, we have we have our, our uh, exciting Beast of Eggsmore episode to carry you through this part of February. Yes, this is the one. Yes. 
This is the episode where we talk about the Beast of Exmoor. Yes. Um, this is one that was suggested to me by a person. Um, uh, okay. Just any person or a spe- <laughs> specific yes. person? Or? It was a specific person. And you know, you ever do that thing where your brain's just like, you don't know anybody? Um, that's what's happening right now. No, in, or in what, my you head. just forgot the person's name? Or no, I f- you- <laughs> yeah, but I when I reached for it, I couldn't remember literally any person's name. So my, okay. I went, say say a name, and my brain was like, uh, mm, what if we didn't? Anna! Okay. All right, <laughs> this is suggested to me by Anna Fleming. <laughs> thanks, Anna. Oh, yeah, yeah, thanks, Anna. Um, yeah, so um, she she's the one who said we should do it, and now we are. So you're welcome, Anna. And uh, if you get in contact with us, like, this is tailor-made content specifically for you. Yes, it is. You give us a cryptid, we'll we'll do it. We'll just fucking bash it out. Yep. Um, and I absolutely love when um, people suggest cryptids because it means that, um, you know, I, it makes me feel seen. Yeah, same, honestly. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the Black Beast. Right. Let's do this thing. Oh, yeah. What, uh... uh do you want to describe the the black beast or should i that was a long uh uh well i i feel like you should because you're setting it up with like the black beast thing and i feel like that's very you know it's like like it paints a picture it does because it's a beast you know you've got you've got the 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 brush in your hand i feel like you need to finish this masterpiece yeah okay all right i'll paint you a word picture here we go yes i'm gonna close my eyes okay so i uh i took this basically straight from the wikipedia because it's such a good way of putting it so the black beast of Mm -hmm. exmoor is a cryptozoological felid or phantom cat that roams the fields of exmoor it's basically um it's not like a an alien i don't think uh, people call it an alien cat Mm -hmm. but i don't think they mean like a literal like space alien cat what they mean is it's a big cat that doesn't belong in england and uh (laughs) <laughs> has uh, has been introduced from uh, some other um, country or some other continent in the world. Um, found mm-hmm. its way to the moors of Exmoor, which, for those who don't know England very well, it's uh, it's a kind of a, a hilly moorland area in the southwest of England, kind of um, near Devon, Somerset border, which is kind of where I grew up um, over in Somerset. Uh, basically, like uh, since the the seventies, sixties, seventies, roughly, uh, this animal or animals. So, like people say, kind of a panther mm-hmm. or a puma or something like that, right? Yeah, like a cougar uh, or something. But yeah, black coloured, like, yeah, with with a black fur. Hence, why it's called the black beast. Just like chilling out on the mm-hmm. moors, murdering loads of sheep. Yeah, I mean, do what you got to do. Yeah, I, I think it it it, mm. it got major publicity in 1983 when a farmer basically said a hundred over a hundred of his sheep had had their throats ripped out in three months which is a lot of throats Mm -hmm. that's that's like 34 throats a month that's like a throat every day which you know yeah that is a lot of throat it's yeah you know are they even eating that much no they just like at that point it's just like I'm bored, you know. Yeah, I just want to kill some sheep. I mean, chill. Yeah, um, I would like to say that this this part of England, right? Mm-hmm. I'd, I had a, a conversation with somebody while I was back home, uh, and kind of blew their mind because they thought that this part of Britain where Exmoor was was Wales. Um, oh, but it's not. It's not Wales. Wales is a lump that's north of that. Yes, you know. Right. Because I I feel like in the American education system, first of all, uh, well we don't we don't learn about Wales. I'm sorry, Wales, <laughs> except in the context of there being a prince of it. Yeah. And uh, and then they're just sort of like, yes, it is in the southwest of Britain, and so you think, oh, it must be that weird bit that sticks out at at the bottom, and it's not. It's not. Well, so, well, it kind of is. I mean, this is the thing, right? Well, is, but it's is, not like it's not like Devon the weird like that leg that sticks out. You know, it's like a lump north right. of that. Right. So Wales, Wales is the bit that sticks out in the middle. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I, I was just clarifying if anybody had like thought in their brain, oh, what's the sticky out bit of Britain? 
You're thinking of Cornwall, actually. So what what I would suggest if you want to know where Exmoor is, like it's a podcast, so we, it's always kind of hard to um, describe. I would recommend going to maps.google.com. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're probably on your phone now listening to this podcast, so just pull up your browser of choice. And it's E-X-M-O-O-R, and then just hit yep. hit search. And mm-hmm. the more you know. The more you know? Oh, Jesus, I didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah, amazing. <laughs> I'm so good at this. Yeah, oh, amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah, so so um, yeah, this piece of Exmoor, big thing, sort of wandering around. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's just some uh, like sort of commentary about it that I was a big fan of. Okay. Um, uh, so one of them was that when in, in 1983, when there were the, all these reports about the the sheep. Um, that there was also reports of a beast like fishing with its paw, um, and in a place called Simon's Bath. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, because, but anyway, that's a ridiculous name for a place. It is, and I just wanted to drag Simon's Bath. Yeah, and, essentially, and presumably by extension, drag Simon for calling it that. <laughs> yeah, like you name it after your bat. Like Simon, you could have named it after anything. Yeah. I just chose your bath. Don't like it. Um, but yeah, but so people people think that it could uh, be living in the old mines that are in the moor, which, you know... That's cool. Plausible. I hadn't heard that. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty rad. Yeah. Um, so how do they operate the... Like, is there a mine shaft? Does, is, there, are there, is there a ladder? Is there a, a, a lift, an elevator of some kind that the, the cat is using? How does the cat get up and down? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like Jerry rigged one of those like little like coal trolleys, and he's like yeah. rides around in it. Yeah. So it's it's just like that's why we don't see it that much because it's having fun like riding around the coal trolleys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because if I had unmitigated access to that, I that's what I'd spend all my day doing. It's true, like Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And as we know, I live my life in in an attempt to be Indiana Jones. Yeah, you basically are Indiana Jones in all important respects, yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Is that still your pinned tweet? Uh, no, no, I changed I changed it. Oh, no. Lois um, once did a good, good tweet about being Indiana Jones. You should yeah, definitely Google I'm- it. Yeah, about how uh, when they make the all-female reboot of Indiana Jones, they should hire me yeah. to be Indiana Jones because That's I'm true. relatable, mm-hmm. cheap, the great in the leather jacket. Yeah, I'm a trained archaeologist. Like everything you need, everything you need. Um, oh, yeah, all of it. Yeah. So anyway, so he's he's living in the the mines. He's living his life. She maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, they. Yeah. They. They. Um, yeah, and then the Daily Express offered reward for uh, capture or slaying the beast, which is a bit like, my dudes, it's it's trying to live its life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, not even friggin' Beast of Exmoor is free from the scrutiny of the tabloid media. Yeah, I know. I was amazed by how many, like, the Daily Mail loves the Beast of Exmoor for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it in the in the sun and in the star and like mm-hmm. I I don't know what it is like is it like page 6 of cryptids like what what are we t- why is it there? I don't know. It has mass appeal, <laughs> Lois. What can I tell you? <laughs> I I suppose the people need to know. <laughs> I suppose that because there are like big cat sightings all over the UK. Yeah. Um, and this is something that I, I want to explore in a little bit because I think that this is like yeah one of the reasons that it's such a a big because you have like the Beast of Exmoor but then like Dartmoor which is really nearby has like a Beast of there. I think I think the the moors are kind of generally spooky places. Yeah. I wonder if that that encourages people to to think there are monsters there. I mean I've I've I mean I've said it before I don't know if I've said it here but like Britain is just a weird little island you know. And um, you know the movie Stardust? I, I know of it, yeah. Okay, well, you should know it intimately because it's an incredible work. <laughs> okay. Starring Charlie Cox and... Uh, oh, I like him. 
Yeah, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's in it. Cool. Um, Claire Danes. Nice. Neil Gaiman wrote the story. Like, what? You don't. That you don't want good. anything more than I can that. Get behind that. Really. Uh, but anyway, it it starts off in like a village in England, and then there's just like, it's called Wall, and then there's just a villa, uh, um, like a one of those old stone walls, and mm-hmm. it's a there's a sort of place where it's broken, and there's an old guy that just guards it and just doesn't let anyone cross the wall. Well, okay. Um, and yeah, <laughs> but when I watched this film, I was like, oh, like what a fun fantasy tale. But like after living in the UK for a little while, I'm like, you know what? If someone was like, yeah, I'm from a little tiny village in like North Yorkshire, and there's just an old man that doesn't let us cross this wall, I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, that, that checks out. Plausible. Yeah, I yeah. believe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we can't cross the wall because there's like a mystical city on the other side. I'd be like, yeah, probably. Yeah. You know. Sounds fair. <laughs> yeah, like weirder things have happened. That's true. They definitely have. Like a puma in in X Men. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So one of the things that I really liked about the Beast of Eggsmore is that um in like the Ministry of Agriculture sent the Royal Marines out oh, in nineteen eighty three. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> to kill it. Um <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh, there are so many levels to this that I love. It's so good. Like, like they sent literally snipers into the moors. <laughs> but also, the Ministry of Agriculture is the one that mobilized the Marines. Like, how does the like hierarchy of the military work? That the people in charge of like, I mean, that's the way you agriculture want it to work, are like, really. hey. The entire military is just, you know, like, at the mercy of, like, the corn crops. Yeah. <laughs> Branches of government. Like, you don't want a, a, a police state. Yeah, I mean, true. You want the military to serve <laughs> at the convenience of, of, the, of the government. I suppose if, like, also if the biggest thing that you have going on in your country is that, like, there might be a puma mm-hmm. in a moor, like, you're probably doing kind of okay. Yeah. It's true. You know, like, like the Marines have nothing else to do. Like, they're not actually fighting a war. So you're like, do you mind if you... Yeah, it's like you're not doing anything else. Can you just hang out on the moor for a while? Um, yeah. The thing yeah. I the thing then, I saw... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. The thing I saw said that <laughs> although some soldiers claimed to have caught uh, fleeting glances of the beast, no shots were fired because their rifles were so powerful that anything they, any shots they fired could have traveled through the beast and hit an innocent bystander instead. <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> like, this is such a badly thought out plan. Like, we didn't shoot anything, but it's just, you know, <laughs> we definitely saw the beast, but uh, but we just didn't want anyone to get hurt, which I don't buy it. <laughs> but also, it's That's like... That's nothing to me. Like, oh, so are your snipers literally only trained in, like, your fancy sniper wafers? Like, they can't, they can't use anything else? Yeah. Because so because like where where I'm from, the um there's this massive deer problem because there's this great big forest, but hunting's not allowed. Mm-hmm. So what they started doing is like sending um like the like F I don't know if they were FBI or whatever, but they were, they would send snipers out from various groups uh, to essentially have target practice to sort of call the the um the population, which sounds like a really bad thing. Except you know all of the creatures were starving because it was unsustainable for that many yeah. deer to be living in that forest. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, then they gave all the meat to um, the homeless shelters. But the point is that, like, they were... Like, you, you wouldn't go in the woods on that day where you were doing it, but, like, those those snipers are trained to use, like, guns you can hunt with. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But these these Royal Marines can can only use sniper wipe weapons. Nothing They were else. too deadly yeah. to be of any use. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why they weren't off in a war. Like, that's why they were, like, free to come do this. Yeah, that's probably... Yeah. I re- apparently, the Ministry of Agriculture mm-hmm. just carried on researching this through to the mid-90s, and then at some point they were just like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> no more. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but, like, like while they were there, they, were, they said that there were fewer attacks, but then the attacks picked up again after the Marines left, and it's like, huh, do you think that maybe that has something to do with all of a sudden they were like a bunch of like troops like around like making noise yeah. in the countryside that would kind of <laughs> make a skittish creature like a well, puma well, we, we found yeah. the solution then uh, which is just have a permanent contingent of marines in Exmoor 
I mean, to to keep the beast at bay. I'd, I'd rather them there than you know, like off, you know, in a country where they they shouldn't be destroying you know freely elective governments or whatever. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah, wreaking havoc on civilian populations. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, when they this thing, the Marines commanding officer said that the beast had high, almost human intelligence and always moved with surrounding cover amongst hedges and woods. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is code for, look, we don't want to admit that we got outsmarted by a giant cat. Um, <laughs> or yeah. like just a description of how big cats operate. <laughs> yeah, that's just like, that's not being like the animal kept to the bushes. <laughs> like that's not... <laughs> yeah, it's super intelligent. And you to like hide in a tree. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're setting the bar pretty low, my dude. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, and it also doesn't surprise me, because that, that is just how, like, big cats operate. Like, they are just, you know, most of them, like, very solitary and um, yeah. are very hard to find. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, there's a program on right now on the BBC, the old Beeb, um, where they're doing, like, a, a documentary series called Big Cats. Ooh, um, cool. Like that's like planet Earth, but just but just big cats. Um, but planet as part cats. of it, they also yeah, <laughs> the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, like side Lois cat story. Um, the big cats documentary series is her favorite thing in the world. Aww. And when we put it on, she sits right in front of the TV screen, um, like super super attentive. And whenever it shows one of the big cats like on the chase, like about to check, like. Uh, hunt something down she gets really into it and she like puts her paws up on the tv stand and she puts her face right by the screen um and she tries to like get up next to the tv screen oh lois cat <laughs> yeah so and if she, if if we put it on she'll like come out from the other room so that she can watch it it's her favorite program oh she sounds so good yeah so but anyway as a part of this uh <laughs> this big cast thing <laughs> um they're doing like a like a behind the scenes documentary about like you know, research that's being done into the cats and just, like, how mm-hmm. they get the footage. Um, and actually, as part of that, they proved that big cats can learn new skills by, like, watching other big cats do things. So I'm actually a little concerned that we watch Let Lois Cat, like, oh, no. watch these yeah. hunting clips. Um, <laughs> but anyway, one of the things was they were trying to find this snow leopard. And, like, they know pretty much where it's going to be. Like, there's not a lot of humans around. They're, like, with people who track them professionally. Yeah. It still took them, mm-hmm. you know, like, 10 days to be able to see it at all. Yeah, so I, I think that, like, for these professional people who their entire jobs are to to see these creatures, like, the fact that we don't see it that often hanging around a moor. Yeah, understandable. Like, I'm perfectly happy to be like, yeah, no, it's probably there. Yeah, could be. Yeah. I read a, a theory that uh, there was a law passed in like the 70s which mm-hmm. stopped people from having big cats as pets yeah and then so the source of all these like i think not just the beast of exmoor but like some of the other more cats is like people were just mm-hmm. like well not allowed to have this uh panther anymore i'm just gonna like let it go and be like see ya buddy yeah i mean and the timeline for that checks out because most of these like sightings for big cats like all over britain start like uh, like late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, which is right after the laws passed. So, mm-hmm. so like maybe yeah, um, it's plausible. Yeah. Um. Did you see the stuff? Uh, saying like that they've. It was mostly framed around the beast of Dartmoor, which is sort of south of Exmoor, but mm-hmm. that they like solved where it came from, allegedly. Uh. Yeah, I think so. Actually, this was the Telegraph article, right? With Mary Chipperfield. Okay. Uh, I, f- I found it a couple different places. Oh, yeah, no, there was one in the Telegraph, yeah, and then uh, they talked about it on the Daily Star as well. I, yeah, I took a little look at that, but um, as soon as I realized it wasn't the Beast of Exmoor, I was like, nah, this is not relevant. Mm-hmm. So tell me about it. Okay. So, because I, I read it, because at first I, I didn't mm-hmm. clock that it said Dartmoor. Um but as, so essentially, there's this woman called Mary Chipperfield. She owned a zoo in yeah. Plymouth, so right down in the south. Um, and it was forced to shut in 1978. And so she agreed to sell five pumas to this to the wildlife center up in... I want to say it's the Dartmouth okay. Wildlife Center. It's now the Dartmoor Zoo. 
But anyway, uh, only, she only arrived with two of them. Uh, but there were like five consignment tags in like the crate. And she said that they'd broken oh, no. down on their way and that three had managed to escape. But I'm kind of, I don't know. I, people think that she like let her favorite breeding pair mm-hmm. go and then just like another male one for company. And I don't know. I kind of feel like if they had just escaped, their tags wouldn't still be in the box. Yeah. Convenient. But anyway, Mary passed away in 2014, so uh, she can never confirm it. We will never know. But her husband said that that's poppycock. But what I love about this, right, is that it only came out because in, was it 2016? Mm, uh, yeah, 2016. This zoo, the Dartmoor Zoo, was in the news because uh, a lynx escaped, and the zoo was like, oh, it's really bad, we're trying to get it back. But it's not the first time it's happened, so like, chill out, guys. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, like we were supposed to get these five pumas, but we only got two, so like the third ones have been out here for like 30 years or whatever. Oh, no big deal. <laughs> yeah! Exactly, and, and so and 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 so like the Telegraph chased it up, and a couple other people did, and then um, uh, they they contacted like the zoo, but then they also contacted uh, this guy who founded the British Big Cat Society, um, and he's like, oh yeah, we've known this story for ages, we've just never told anybody because nobody ever asked, mm. <laughs> and I just love that this guy has like been sitting on this knowledge and is just like watching all the tabloids freak out about these animals, and is like, ah, oh, not my problem. Yeah, um, NBD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what a legend. <laughs> yeah, hero, honestly. Uh, yeah, but then I was looking up this woman, uh, Mary Chipperfield, and by looking up, I mean, they had a little video. It's like an old British Pathé video um, mm-hmm. from 1964. Yeah. And her family ran like a circus. Oh. But she trained animals to like be able to act in films. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so she, like, trained tigers, and she had, like, this cheetah that she, like, walked around on a leash. Cool. Um, and she had, like, this, like, baby lion that, like, just lived in her house, or, like, with her dog. Dream. And she also trained, like, uh, like chimps and birds and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she was just, like, a zoo lady. That's pretty cool. I wish I had a pet lion. Do you? No, I said I wish I had a pet lion. Yeah, but then I'm I'm questioning that. What do I wish if I had a pet lion? Like, are you sure? I've seen Steven Universe. I know what's up. <laughs> yeah, you know, if it could be lion from Steven Universe, I would absolutely have him. Yeah, no, that's 100%. Like, it mm-hmm. has to have a portal mm-hmm. to another world in its main. Yes. That's non-negotiable. Yeah, and be able to just, like, store stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. That would be so convenient. Yeah, it would be. I'd never lose track of my lunch again. <laughs> yeah. Not that, honestly, I said that, but... I've never lost track of my lunch. Like, I'm not that much, but... <laughs> I'm glad that, like, you know, you you just... You gave us a second to consider whether or not you were the sort of person who lost your lunch. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm like, I struggle, but I can manage that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Did you read the... Sorry, no, no, go ahead. Did I read the what? What did I read? Did you read the Daily Mail article from... 8th of January 2009 mm, about the beast so. of Exmoor washing up on the shore uh, in North Devon. No, tell me about it. Okay. So so the basic summary is um, this this animal body washed up on the shore with huge teeth mm-hmm. and a woman found it and thought it might be the beast and like called the police. That's basically the, the whole article is like it gives some context on the beast and it's like this thing washed up um, we think it's the Beast of Exmoor. My favorite part, though, is uh, is um, the article says uh, the body, like the woman who found the body was said, apparently, quote, said to have used the B word, which I realized after a while meant the beast, like she'd said it's the beast. But for a second there, I thought she was just calling the Beast of Exmoor a bitch. <laughs> she was just like, who's laughing now, bitch? Ah, oh, you ain't all that. Okay, okay, okay. So imagine, like, <laughs> I don't know, sort of this scene written as like, like a, a like a cop comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the sort of like stereotypical like 
sort of bumbling local local cops or whatever in a small village mm-hmm. and they get the call and she's like I think it might be the beast and the guy on the phone goes you know we gotta mobilize there's been a weird carcass you know found and she used the B word and like somebody turns is like everyone go 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 dead bitch on the beach <laughs> Uh, yeah, just something about that. It's just like, you punk-ass bitch. <laughs> oh, no. And that's, that's the only thing from the article. I just love just love that image. Uh, and then I read a different thing that said afterwards that they discovered that corpse was a seal. Oh, disappointing. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure how you mistake a, a puma for a seal. I guess if you like only have the skull and it's got weird teeth. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess. I guess if somebody showed me like a crazy, scary, like seal skull, like I wouldn't know it was a seal skull. Yeah, I don't know if if if, if what. Uh, so, Lois, what you're saying is it would get your seal of approval. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about. I I don't do animal remains. That's no. I did a class Nothing. on that once, and it was all about no? sheep and horses seal, and seal cows. of approval. Seal oh, of approval, oh, Lois. Jesus, I'm I am wasted sorry. on you. I'm sorry. Please oh, forgive me. God damn I'm it. I'm so sorry. Oh, another good joke in the trash. It was a great pun. Thank you. It was. It was good. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Okay. So, in the Daily Star article that I found that uh, also talked about this thing where they talked about like the the woman who let the pumas out mm-hmm. there was one other bit of information that i i found and wanted to share okay hit me uh which was that the guy who owned the zoo said that the this puma pack roamed dartmoor bodmin and exmoor for, uh for 30 years until they were finally wiped out by the coldest winter on record in 2010 mm-hmm. and i want to know First of all, how he knew this? Yeah, like did was he checking on them regularly, and was like, "Oh, guess they're dead now." Second of all, that's not the case because there have been sightings since then. Okay, so that's just a lie. But really, like that's like a very, very precise answer to be giving. Um, but then he had this great quote. Where he said that, that like people just sort of see them, and he said, uh, "I even saw one when I first came here in 2006. They used to come out into the village. I saw one by a crossing. The farmers don't want the publicity and wouldn't tell you this if you asked, but there were a lot of uh, animals lost to the pumas during those years. So, like, what he's saying is that like the the farmers of Devon just have like a pact of secrecy to never tell anybody, and, like for no reason, like." Yeah. Like surely you have a ton to gain by telling people that that all your livestock is being killed. Like, what what is there to lose? I mean, maybe they just don't want the marines around. Maybe, but what are they doing <laughs> that's so secret that they want to keep the cops away? Oh, oh. So what you're saying is that like there's some other like level of secret society yeah. happening among the farmers of Devon. Obviously, they want to. Like, like, oh, God. unless they have an incentive to to like draw attention away, then mm, like, yeah, like what's really going on? So they could be building something in secret in those mines. Yes, yeah, that's true. Or uh, there's like a farmer Illuminati, maybe. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. There's I mean, not a we'll pun I can know. find there. We can speculate, but but if you have a farmer-based Illuminati pun, please send it to us at Cryptid Zone on Twitter. Yes, that would be much appreciated. <laughs> So, so Lois, mm-hmm. I'm just going to put this put this out there. Yeah, uh, there is a big red button in front of you. That yeah, you can press at any time, and yeah. that that button is marked Monster Quest. <gasps> so, if you have anything you want to say, any other things you want to talk about, let's let's do that. And then, when you're ready to push push the big red button, you just let me know. So, uh, before we press the big red button, okay, I want to talk about the British Big Cat Society. Hell yeah, tell me about uh, it. Yeah, and I. D- I don't know if you look them up at all. Not really, no. Okay, well, I was really intrigued because uh, they come up in a lot of these articles where, like, they're reached for comment about 
whatever sightings, like all over the country. Mm-hmm. So from their website, they say that they have three key elements, education, science, and research. Okay. And they say that they're set up to scientifically identify, uh, quantify, and catalog, and protect the big cats that freely roam the British countryside. Cool. Yeah. Um, which, if, like, this seems to be, like, a big enough problem <laughs> that, yeah, sure. But then they say that... Th- they would, they're like want to be on hand twenty four seven to give support for this sort of thing, uh, but then also they want to educate the public about uh, big cats and about the ones that they believe are present in the UK. And they have a couple uh, different big cats that they've identified. So they say leopard or a puma slash cougar, uh, lynx, jungle cat. Um, I can't pronounce this one, but uh, caracal. Yeah, and then a British wildcat, which is a thing. Yeah, uh, but so. But one of the things that they say is that they want to see the British big cat population regarded as a collected protected species okay. uh, and be safeguarded from the gun right? Uh, as far as reasonably practicable. Yeah. And I was really, I don't know, I was really wondering about this because these creatures are obviously like not native here. Sure. And... I don't know. It seems like if we're like, yeah, we're going to protect them, then are we going to get in a situation where all of a sudden we just have like... You know, pumas <laughs> in Britain. I mean, honestly, I think the UK could do with some pumas, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I do think that there's not enough nature in this country that can kill you, and I yeah. think it explains a lot about the British psyche. Yeah, I think that's... You're, yeah, you're so right, and I agree <laughs> completely. I think there is not enough threat of death for English people. Like, <laughs> Yeah, which is why it's it always feels- British... T- yeah. Well, it's always British tourists abroad who are the ones who like have to get airlifted out of the woods because yeah. they don't realize that stay on the path means like stay on the path or die. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's a lesson that needs to be instilled in you from birth. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. So, so actually, so I take that back. Maybe having some wildcats around would be good for the British nation. I think so. Some important lessons to be learned by, by British people, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, just take care of yourself. Yeah, just don't don't be an idiot. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, you know what? I'm going to throw my full yeah, support behind British Big Cat Society to take back any reservations I had. Okay, good. You know, I, I'm behind them. Good for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but they said that there was... That there were... 2,123 big cat sightings between April 2004 and, and July 2005. That's a lot, I guess. But then, yeah. then again, if there's yeah, only I a think handful, so too. then... Yeah. And then I watched this part of this one YouTube video talking about big cats, and it said that there are about 2,000 reported big cat sightings a year. This video came out in 2011. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that that is a, that is a, a, whole, a whole bunch. And then... Uh, yeah, and they said Natural England in 2010 had released a report where they only said that there were 38 definite big cat sightings in the previous five years. So that seems like a much more reasonable number. Right, to me. okay. So a lot of these are just like someone is like, someone saw a cat and was like, oh my God, it's a tiger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there. We have all been there. <laughs> but then the other cool thing that came from this little YouTube video was that um, the person who did it, uh, Christy Bourne interviewed this member of like the uh, police precincts in Dorset, mm-hmm. um, and he said that they get like they do record reports that they get, and they get like enough that they do have sort of like health and safety protocol for like okay. if something really bad were to happen. Cool. Um, and I was like, oh, that's sort of nice to know that like, yeah, I don't know, the rural police have like a like what happens if it turns out that there is a puma and it like attacks somebody. Okay. That's good. They have a contingency plan. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Respect to the, the Dorset Police Force. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. It's not like they probably have much else to do, to be perfectly honest. They're doing their best. If British TV has taught me anything, it's that, you know, rural tiny villages in Britain is where there are the most murders. Yeah. There's so, a lot of crime. Yeah. A lot of, a lot it's, of it's, secrets right under the surface, just waiting to yeah. bubble up. Yeah, and over the course of three seasons, <laughs> exactly, and and some yeah. some charming old lady will come and solve it for us. Yeah, yeah, or an alcoholic Scotsman. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but anyway, the point is that there's lots of risk of murder there, so they're probably very busy yep. actually. 
You're right. I take it back. <laughs> Sorry, Dorset Police. I didn't mean to besmirch your good name. <sighs> All right. Let's slam this Monster Quest button. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Here we go. We're jumping in. All right, I'm ready. Can I just say, first of all, on the Monster Quest angle, mm-hmm. um, how amazing it is to juxtapose like the wild, out there, like in your faceness of Monster Quest mm-hmm. with just England in general. <laughs> okay. I'm picturing it. I love it already. Like, like if you imagine a Monster Quest episode where they're like interviewing people. Uh, you know, we're we're off in, uh, in in Virginia looking for Mothman. We're interviewing all these people, and you know they have all these wild stories and uh, bold claims about what they've seen. Uh, you transpose that to England, and people are like, "Yeah, I saw something, and like it was quite big." And it, I don't know it definitely <laughs> could have been. A, I could see it. They're like, know. "Oh yeah, it's, it startled me while I was taking the bins out." Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know. Yeah. No. It was kind of. It was kind of black. I, it had a tail. Um, could it be? Could it be a, a puma? Sure. I, I guess. Yeah. I think that's definitely within the realms of possibility. Whereas in America, people are like, "I saw the Moth Man." Okay. Yeah. I'm, I might have to watch it just for this. <laughs> uh, it's very good. <laughs> just like generally, stylistically, it's extremely good. Yes. The opening line of the whole show is like they have the the like intro bit, which is like a montage. And then the first line of the show proper is England, a peaceful land known for its quaint villages and green rolling hills. I was watching. I was like, "Is it though? Is it? Is that is true? It? I'm not sure mm, that's so true. No, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, England." historically very peaceful yeah like you guys don't riot regularly no anything no we like football um, hooliganism what no no and english people like historically have tended to stay in england you know we didn't really go anywhere else or uh or you know we didn't get on destroy entire countries yeah no Um, none of that yeah so uh so you know it's just I just like that they started as they meant to go on by being <laughs> totally Wrong. accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Some things people said in in interviews at the start were, yeah, it was like the size of a Labrador. It had a, a curly tail. Um, yeah, they're just like it's big. I don't know. <laughs> so one thing that that uh, Monster Quest mentions is that big cats used to live in the UK. Like ten thousand years ago, we had all of these species. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, these days, the only thing we have in the UK that resembles a big cat is a Scottish wild cat, which mm. is different in description and also tends to live in Scotland. Yes. Um, so the show's and not like, yeah. like in Devon. Yeah. Yeah. The show's like, yeah, like, to be fair, Scottish wild cats exist, but that probably isn't what this is. Oh, uh, <laughs> Monster Quest mentioned uh, the Marines. Oh, perfect. And, uh, what did they say? Here are two things that that I did not mention earlier because I forgot them and now I get to revisit it. So the first thing is they have the worst recreation of Marines of all time. They hire a couple of actors who are just incredibly unconvincing to like walk around and hold guns. And uh, they just kind of... Like one of them, there's a bit where they're both kind of crouched down and one of them is like, did you hear that? And it's, all, it's meant to be like a dramatic moment, but he's just like, they're crouched down and one of them just like looking straight ahead just says... Did you hear that? And it's the worst thing I've ever seen. And I feel like England is kind of putting us to shame with its bad acting. Do you think that instead of like going to like an agency or whatever to get the extras or something, they literally just like rocked up to the local chippy and were like, hey. I hope so. I like to think <laughs> the, the quality of our actors is like okay. Yeah, you've got some, some big names that come out of Britannia. Yeah, they they did look like dudes that had just been picked off the street. Um, <laughs> but uh, but th- so that was the first thing. The second thing is definitely more important, mm-hmm. um, which is the this show reveals the name of the operation, like the code name <gasps> for oh, the it? Marines going onto the moors, which is Operation Beastie. <gasps> I'm so glad I have this information. It's very good. It's very good. Uh, there's definitely oh, some kind of good no gosh. sleep till cryptid no that's not anything I'm well, sorry. Okay. 
Um, we oh, can make that give song. Me, give me a minute. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get there. I'll, well, I was also mm. thinking, because you know how, like, up in Scotland, like, beasties are, like, sort of a nickname for just, like, uh, like gnats and stuff? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. those little annoying bugs? So I, yeah. I love as well that they're, like, Operation Beastie, as if, you know, these pumas are just, like, like a small annoyance, you know? Yeah, just a pest. Yeah, yeah, just sort of like flying around your face while you're trying to eat an ice cream. Yeah, we're the Marines. We're hardcore. Puma, don't give a shit. I'll, I'll <laughs> wrestle a Puma. Great white shark, hey. I don't care. <laughs> I'll punch it right in its dumb nose. I'm a Marine. <laughs> That's actually the, the Marine um, slogan for Britain. <laughs> Join the Marines. Punch a shark in its dumb nose. Giant Japanese crab, I don't care. I'll tear its little... little Snippers right off. I'm a marine. <laughs> I'm, I think it should be clear that neither of us has ever met a marine. I stabbed a bear. Join the marines. <laughs> Call this number now. <laughs> You've convinced me. I'm joining the marines. Yeah. Also, you got to fight for your right to kill <laughs> sheep. <laughs> that was gotta, worth the wait. Yeah, it was. Got there in the end. I figured it out. Yeah. 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 That's a very important fact that I'm glad I wrote down so I remembered it. Um, yeah, I am too. So as usual with Monster Quest, they assemble a dream team of mm-hmm. experts. Mm-hmm. Are there any former cops? No former cops this time, actually. No. It is mm-hmm. an international yeah, team. Former. Okay. Okay. So they're, they're, this, this effort was spearheaded by, uh, I'm not even sure what this means, but Scottish amateur cat researcher Mark Fraser... Does that just mean that, like, he likes cats and, like, can access Wikipedia? I think so. And also is Scottish? Like an amateur cat researcher. Like, you do cat research. I'm an amateur cat researcher. I mean, aren't we all? (laughs) Yeah. Like, if you've been in a room with a cat and just sort of stared at him for, like, 15 minutes as they do weird cat stuff, you probably can. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, Maybe it's because we're not Scottish. Maybe. Well, you know, yeah. that's fine. Even if he's not a professional cat researcher, he's, you know, he's one of us. He's a man of the he's people. Like, he's living his life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I respect him. Yeah, so there's Mark. He's he's the, the true amateur pro. And then mm-hmm. the, the, the leader of this gang of, of experts. Uh, there's also Scott Lowe, who uh, does big, big Cat Rescue in Tampa, Florida. Okay. Yeah, so a big cat expert. Yeah. And then there's a guy called John Finch, who's a tracker from South Africa, like a professional hunter. Okay. And uh, they're a dream team. Yeah, they sound like it. Who go out onto the moor to solve this uh, mystery once and for all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I mean, the rest, most of the rest of the episode is just them wandering around a moor and not finding any cats. And then at the end, they're like, well, we didn't find it, but it probably does exist. I mean, that's the conclusion that we've come to, and we didn't even have to go outside. Right. So so next time Monster Quest want to do the show, mm-hmm. they should just give us whatever the budget is so we can spend it on, like, snacks. <laughs> I mean, actually... And we'll give them the same answer. Saying that, people listening may have seen this on Twitter, but... So the Eggsmore Zoo has, like, a whole exhibit about the Beast of Eggsmore as a part of their panther-like exhibit. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. And I, have you decided whether or not you're... I, th- I think I'm going to have to go. You, I think you definitely should. Yeah. So anyway, Monster Quest could just pay me to do these yeah. things. And honestly, I think you have more screen presence than all of these people combined. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. I can um, uh, I just interview mm-hmm. people at the zoo and then all of the people at the Chippy and... Um, and then just, like, me dramatically walking around the moor. And then we spend the rest of the budget on food. Yo, no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, History Channel, please get in contact Yeah, <laughs> please. You know where to find us. Right the here. New, the new History Channel original, Cryptid Zone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, I've, isn't that the dream? I've just been emailing them wholesale, trying to get them to give me a show for ages. And they're all, we don't know who you are. And, like, stop emailing us. So, mm. Which is <sighs> I weird. I do what I can. I was always under the impression that all you had to do to get a History Channel show was just, like, send them an email and they'd be like, yeah, right. Uh, you know, they should give me a show. Yeah. Should, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they should. should. Please do. 
um, but yeah, yeah, I th- uh, I think that I am actually going to go have to see this Beast of Eggsmore exhibit. Yeah, do it. Yeah, I think, I think that sounds great. You should bring a field recorder with you and uh, yeah, I've, and I've got the experience. I've got some recorders, so um, nice. I I think because I'm kind of wimp, I might wait till it's a bit warmer. Yeah, that's fair. And then uh, yeah, and, and and it's not that far away, really. Do it. Yeah, take some pictures, share it on the social media. But then, the, okay, here's the thing. So. Britain is not a big place. It's true. But some, for some reason, it takes forever to get anywhere. Also true. Right? So th- this is my, my small rant about the British train system. I was looking at this. I was researching about going down to Exmoor, and it takes like five hours on the train. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's reasonable. And then I realized that I have to be in Brighton in a couple of weeks for this conference. And I was like, well, it takes about five hours to get there as well. Mm-hmm. And it's down on the south coast. And I was like, oh, well, I'll already be in Brighton. I could just pop up to Exmoor from there because mm-hmm. I'm already in the south. It takes five hours from Brighton. That's crazy. How does that even work? I don't know. That's <sighs> bad. But but I'm I will say this: mm-hmm. the British train system had leaves something to be desired. It's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever tried to get a train here in the United States of America. Oh, only once. Uh, how did that go? <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Like, you, you can't get a train anywhere in this country. Yeah. So, like, it's bad in the UK, but, like, this is this is the thing I always say about public, public transport, is in the UK you can get anywhere. Yeah, that's true. Uh, as long as you're willing to spend long enough traveling. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but uh, No, no, I do like it, and the British Rail does have a special place in my heart, but, like... Mm-hmm. But how do the distances work? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. No. I feel like there's like a temporal fold, like somewhere there is in like the middle of Wiltshire. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, that's true. Just moves differently there. Yeah, it's just like a vortex. I can attest to that for sure. (laughs) Maybe one day we'll just do an episode on the time vortex of Wiltshire. Yep. Um, Yeah. Let's do it. Um, Did you have more Monster Quest stuff? Hell yeah, I got more Monster Quest. (laughs) Okay, tell me more Monster Quest things. So they talked to this guy called Chris Moiser, who is a zoologist, and he just has no time for it at all. He's like, yeah, no, it's all complete bullshit. Um, (laughs) I love when they have those people on Monster Quest. He he was like, he's he's enough of a pro zoologist that uh, he was like, yeah, like like people people make it up. He was like, look, someone came to me. And described, they were like, I think it, I saw a panther, and they described how it was moving. And this guy knew the textbooks well enough that he could pinpoint which textbook they had read and were regurgitating, like in conversation with them. Where he was like, Oh, I, I've heard that turn of phrase before. You've read this book, and you're just throwing it back at me. Like, get out of my face. Fantastic. Uh, it's just like, what a baller. What oh, a, what I a love absolute. That. Like the the like professionals like that who are on the show, where it's like they're like big enough in their field, but like they're probably applying for like a grant for something, and so like it looks good to have like a TV credit, yeah. And so like they get this email to like be on Monster Quest, and they're like, "Well, you know, I can put it on my grant application that I was on this TV show." Yeah, I'll just show up and and trash everything they're saying and cash in my check. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was a fan of the, that guy as well. Mm-hmm. And then there was, uh, I also want to mention the garbage kid, who was like this 10-year-old kid who got, like, there's a news show from, like a news clip from, like, around the turn of the 2000s of this kid mm-hmm. getting supposedly mauled by the uh, the Beast of Exmoor. And it, he just, like, has a scratch on his face. Like he's just like got one scratch. He's there with oh. with with his mother being like, "Oh yes, he was attacked. It was a it was a you know no normal cat could have done this." He just like has a scratch on his face. So have you met a normal cat? Like it definitely could. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing. Like cats scratch people all the time. That's like why they have razors for on their feet. And it's like, dude, chill. Yeah. And and they tracked down and re-interviewed this kid who is now like a a young adult. And he's still incredibly shitty, and it's like, yeah, no, I was mauled by a by a panther. Uh, I know, you know, the truth is out there. No cat could have done this. Um, like literally, any cat could have, like, dude. Just like you, just please. I bet you anything that he was like that kid at school that like told ridiculous oh, lies. 
one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. He sucked. Um, <laughs> another thing that uh, that they did was one of their working theories was: what if it was just a normal cat? And uh, and you know, people saw it and thought maybe this is a large cat mm-hmm. and like maybe people are just like imagining that it's bigger so to test this theory they make yeah. uh, so, cutouts of animals okay they're like okay let's cut out some normal sized cats and some big cats and like st- prop them up in a field and just get people to walk around and guess the size of the cat in the field okay and we'll use that to determine whether it's possible for someone to misjudge the size of a cat. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, they were like, oh, people walked around this field and looked at the cutouts, and they could tell how big all the cutouts were. So it's impossible for someone to look at a normal cat and think it's a big cat. And I'm like, is that science? Mm, I'm going to say no. No, I wasn't completely sold, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I did see this theory somewhere that, like, it's just a regular cat that people mistook. And I was kind of dubious of that just as, like, a claim generally. Because, I don't know, I I feel like if you're just out and about seeing, like, a cat... Like, if you're in, like, a neighborhood or whatever, you'll see, like, a cat. But if a cat doesn't want to be seen, you're not gonna see it, you know? And well, so the, maybe maybe it isn't a hiding cat. What if you're just out and about and you see a cat and you're like, oh, it's a cat. Yeah, but but even then, I think that you're, if any, I don't know, I feel like cats normally look smaller than they actually do. Maybe that's, I just have bad depth perception, which could be the case. Yeah, maybe it's just an abnormally large cat. Who knows, man? But either way, I don't like how they've gone about, you know, like fighting that claim on Monster Quest. Yeah, that's not... That's not scientifically rigorous, y'all. No, not at all. Uh, and then the last thing I wanna I wanna say is um, right at the end they have the usual wrap up in Monster Quest uh, where you know they talk to the experts who have been searching for this beast and they're like, yeah, we didn't mm-hmm. find it, but I'm pretty sure it does exist. It's just because reasons. <laughs> and then the last line of the whole show is that shitty kid again, now an adult, who just says the last words of the show, which are. It's real. I have the scars to prove it. Ah, uh, gross. Bad. Bad editing uh, choice. I'm just like, oh, I hate you it. suck so much. Oh, ugh. I bet you that that kid's grown up to be one of those guys who, like, on their Tinder profile is, like, gin and laughs and love a bit of banter. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of his pictures are shirtless, but he doesn't actually, like go to the gym that much he's just put it there because everyone else does yeah and he has a dark past don't you know lois yeah and he thinks that makes him interesting but then really his inner layers are just that he can't do his own laundry and he <laughs> thinks that ordering curry from the takeaway is means that he can cook um, oh jesus <laughs> I, I yeah i hate this kid so much Ugh. <laughs> uh. Ugh. Anyway, that's Monster Quest. Why did they put him on television? Okay. Gosh. Well, thank you for watching it. That's right. For us. No problem. I'll watch Monster Quest any day of the week. <laughs> You're doing a service for the people. You know it. <laughs> Have you got anything else on your list, Lois? Uh, let's see. Oh, I... Mm, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think, you know, I just... All the stuff about... There, there are just big cats roaming roaming Britain. Yeah, who knew? Yeah, actually, saying that, though, pumas, I found, are not technically big cats because they don't roar. They're just large wild cats. That's just a fun fact I have for you. But are wild cats not cats? Are they, like, medium cats? Uh, I don't know, but I think, like, like big cats, like, with a big B and a big C is, like, like an official like yeah. classification. But they have to roar. Oh, that sucks for the pumas. Yeah. But then the other thing, I, I was looking up, like, fun puma facts, because, um, you know, that's just how I like to spend my Friday nights. You don't need a because. Because I'm a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, because I was looking up, um, if does it make sense that, you know, this woman who released them... In, if she released them in Dartmoor, would it make sense for them to get up to Exmoor? Mm-hmm. So I was looking at what their like territory sizes are. Yeah. Um, and they can be, uh, for male p- 
Puma is up to a thousand kilometers square. That's pretty far. Which is the size of Dartmoor Park. Mm-hmm. So, like, if she released two male ones, it's I don't know. It like makes sense that one at least one of them would leave that area and find another area. Yeah. Just because of territory size. Cool. Yeah. Also, pumas have the most number of like everyday names of like any of the the wild cats. Okay. Because they've got like puma and cougars and panthers and catamount. Yeah. They're all the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all have their individual personality, and we should respect them as individuals. But yeah, of course. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those are just my extra fun facts because you know I love a fun fact and I love sharing a fun fact. Yeah. Well. I mean, that's the point of this whole exercise, is the fun <laughs> facts. Yes, it's, it's, and hearing them from us. Yeah, it's fun facts all the way down, friends. <laughs> fun facts all the way down. Oh, I'm getting that on a t-shirt. Lois. Yes. Would you like to classify this cryptid? Okay, me? so I'm... I'm hmm, I think that this one is... Um, Type number one, distribution anomalies. I think you're right. Which is a known animal where it shouldn't be. Yep. I think this is pretty clear cut. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. They shouldn't they shouldn't be here, but yet they are and we respect them for it. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a very short You know, maybe maybe the farmer Illuminati's members actually like are in cahoots with the Pumas. Maybe, yeah. I I maybe don't see any reason together. to to discredit that at all. Yeah. Like that's why they're not telling the authorities. Yeah, they're covering for their pals, their Puma pals. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Pumas are rebuilding all of the mines yeah. so that they can ride around in the carts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've cracked it. I think we have. Well, there we go. <laughs> Great. Um, w- would you date the Beast of Eggsmore? No, just because it's a cat. <laughs> yeah. Would you keep it as a pet? Yeah, hell yeah. See, I was thinking this, and um, and I don't know if I'd want to like, keep it in my house, but like... So you know how like sometimes you have like like the neighborhood cat who like you're not sure who it belongs mm-hmm. to, but like a couple people feed it, like you feed it, and it like comes in your house sometimes. Yeah, like that's how I'd feel with the Beast of Eggsmore. Like I don't like want to have to restrict it to my home. Well, but like I'll feed it, and if it wants to come hang out, like it definitely can, and we can like snuggle on the sofa, and then it can leave whenever you know. Sure, I think yeah, I agree with that. I, I, you know, I never wanna, I never, I never wanna contain the animal. I, I want it to roam free. Yeah, like exactly. So I just want to be pals and watch the Big Cats BBC documentary together. Agreed. That sounds good as hell. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've, we've. I feel like we've pretty uh, extensively covered the Beast of Exmoor now. How do you feel? Yeah, I feel good. We've got Twitter questions though. Oh God! Thank you so much for reminding me. This is why at the start I was like, "Don't let me forget the, the Twitter questions because <laughs> I, I will." I had a job and I was going to do it, yeah. and then I did it. Thank you so I've much. We have some some questions from we have some tweets, don't we, from friends of the show? Mm-hmm. So if you don't follow us already on Twitter, you definitely should. Um, our account is at Cryptid Zone, and um, yeah, so before we record, we ask if there are questions, and you can send them to us. And some people did. Yes. And now we're doing that. Okay. Friend of the show, David Hartley. Hey, Dave. He mm-hmm. asks, what is Exmoor now that it's no longer a moor? And my answer is, it's a less. That's a good, that's a good answer. Thank it you. was better than any answer I was going to give. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. All points to you. Great. I love a good pun. <laughs> I want to know that I, I like briefly saw this question before we recorded, and it wasn't until halfway through the recording where I sort of went... Oh, an X more. Yeah. I see. Yeah. You 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 <laughs> threw me the pun ball and I threw it right back, friend. Um yeah, but the, I mean his second part of the question is the X more no longer being a more does it have to do with the beast? Maybe. Maybe it's the farmers. Maybe maybe it. it was a more hen that was killed mm. by the beast of X more. And now it's a less hen. Great. There we go. We're just dishing out the yep. the information, left, right, and center. Yes, Lois. Question from 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 our friend Ben on Twitter. Uh huh. This one's for you. Yes. Does the Beast of Exmoor like rice, and what do they like about it? Oh goodness. Um, Thanks, Ben. I mean, this question first of all implies that the answer is going to be yes. Yeah, that's true. Well, well, let's not let's not jump to conclusions then. First of all, give me a yes/no, and then 
let's let's see see how it goes after that. Well, I, yeah, because I so I don't think that the beast of eggs more likes rice because you know it's it's a lot of work to cook rice, and also it doesn't have any of the fun of hunting. It's true. Though I suppose it does go well with a good like mutton stew, and they do eat a lot of a lot of sheep. So that's true. That's a good point. So let's say yes, and it pairs well with lamb. Yes. There you go, Ben. Exactly. So glad we could clear up that question for you. <laughs> We're here to help. Yeah. The important mm-hmm. questions. Well, I think that's that's probably about all we've got time for today. Yes, it, it is. We, it's time to say goodbye. Which is sad, but we'll be back soon. Yeah. So don't worry. I know you're worried out there. Don't be. We're, we're here for you. It's going to be fine. Don't you worry about a thing. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back in yeah. two weeks' time with a new show, so look forward to that. Um, yes. Um, in the meantime, you can talk to us on the internet. Yes. Please feed our egos. Please do. You can find us on Twitter <laughs> at CryptidZone. You can find us mm-hmm. on Facebook. Is it facebook.com slash CryptidZone? Uh, yes. Great. Okay. Good. Um, and then well. you can email us as well. You can. Enter dot the at cryptid.zone mm-hmm. is our email. Yes. You can uh, contact us individually if you'd like. Yeah. Lois, where can you be found on the internet? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter it, um, at SuppetsLois. That's S-U-P-I-T-S-L-O-I-S. Mm-hmm. Follow for my extremely professional opinions about Star Trek. They're very good opinions. You have good Star Trek opinions. Isn't Discovery good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's such a trip. It is. Um, I just... It, yeah. Mm, I mean, I've expressed this opinion <laughs> online before, but I just feel like their approach to the show is nothing happened for like 27 seasons yeah there was like no dramatic tension so why don't we just try and like restore the balance by just making this new show like every single episode there's like a massive twist about someone's identity yeah and it's like oh shit someone died someone turned out to i don't know i don't want to spoil star trek discovery for you but it is extremely shakespearean and i'm very here for it yeah yeah and um oh it's it's a lot but i've also been watching through like the old star trek for the first time and so it's it's really fun because i get to go back and forth between like the melodrama of discovery and then like just next generation and all of its yeah you'll get whiplash it's like moral ethical glory Mm -hmm. yeah so anyway follow me there for uh for that and where can the people find you jeremy uh i'm also on twitter at jeremy underscore hughes my last name is spelled h-e-w-e-s which is weird uh, but that's where you can find me. Uh, again, my tweets are, I would say, average. So if you want to see them, follow me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jeremy also does a radio show. Yeah, all right. Okay. Uh, I do a radio show. <laughs> Sorry. You, you're, you're so much better at promoting my radio show than I am. <laughs> it's because I really love your radio show. I mean, I oh, assume you, you love it too because you make it. But um... Yeah, it's good. It's it's fun. It's, it's a, a way to force myself to not just listen to the same music all the time. I'm like, I've got to find new things to put in my radio show. Mm-hmm. Where can the people find it? That's called Distant Stations. You can find it on Twitter at Distant Sounds. Like, comment, subscribe over there. I don't think you can do any yep. of those things on Twitter, but do them anyway. <laughs> Come hang out. You know, uh, I have a media yes. brand that needs expanding. And uh, <laughs> the country, country of needs you. this podcast. One day. One day. Yes. <laughs> One day we will declare independence. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for chilling with us. Yeah, have a beautiful day. Uh, and yeah. I bet you look amazing. I Yeah, I agree. You're looking good. <laughs> thanks yeah. for tuning in. And we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, we will. Okay, until then. Toodles. Bye-bye. <laughs>